This is JT Faith Radio, and I'm John. I'm Tyler, and it's a it's a good day to to come and talk to you guys. We're we're mixing it up a little bit. First thing we're going to say is Brad's not with us today, only simply because he's got the day off. Um, but uh, we are going to do uh, a different format for our shows. We're, we're uh, we've kind of found out that we we tend to like to just do more theology in discussion or topical discussion and we'll talk about wesley we'll talk about methodist issues we'll talk about other thing issues but we're just going to kind of lump it all together and and just have a conversation jt faith (laughs) 2.0 jt faith 2.0 so um so in that vein um the the question that i came up with uh, the way i i've worded it we'll probably have to go back and 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 really uh explain it a little bit but the question is why is the church leaking it needs a new roof <laughs> it needs a new roof but the uh the the idea behind it is is really why is it leaking people um i was reading a study that that was kind of really surprising because we've we've heard all kinds of different reasons why there's nuns n-o-n-e-s is out there in the world we've not really heard a, a good reason for them and this study that i was reading uh, today actually talked about this understanding that your culture plays a lot into this that where there is prosperity is high and where life expectancy is high your religion is is an inverse correlation it, it drops but where prosperity is low and where the life expectancy is low your religious affiliation and attendance raises and so and they gave the great example. They gave one of um, a Muslim country, and I apologize. I can't think of the name of the country right now. But the other one was a Christian country, and that was Chad, right. and where the life expectancy was low, prosperity was low, but yet church attendance and church relevance was high in their, their, uh, in their practice. And so we were kicking this idea around when we went to uh, the grocery store a little bit earlier and different reasons uh, why different people see different things, and you were talking about the older generation thinking that it's it's really kind of an anti-church sentiment, and and so if you go in to explain a little bit about that, I do. I believe that uh, I think it's a generational type situation where we. I do believe that we have a generation in the church today that believes that some of the younger generations who are not going to church are this group of anti-church people i do not believe that to be true i'm not saying there is not anti-church people out there but i really think that you cannot loop into one sum a group of people um that are not going to church as being anti-church there's a generation out there today who is not offended by the church who have not been to church and been offended and left and won't come back the like the older generation i think wants to believe um, because at one time those were your two groups were the ones who uh, went to church and those who were anti-church but I think we truly have a generation here in America that are not anti-church they're just not churched period to the, the whole they're, point that they're, they're true none in a way right yes. they, they outside of knowing maybe what the building is they have no 
clue. They're not for it. They're not against it. They just don't know about it. I think they truly, we highly, I think, take for granted that there is people right here in the United States who have never heard the gospel story, do not know a clue about Jesus Christ, have not heard about heard anything about him. Um, and I think that's difficult for us to, to, to fathom, to fathom, particularly in the Bible Belt, right? That's right. Because most people around here, you're going to hear it on the radio. You're going to hear it, um, you know, through different advertisement. You can go down the main drag in our town that we live in, and you're going to see ads for the local church. Right. And, and so you're going to have some connection or some contact with that local congregation. They they may know what the building is, but as far as even the the if you go to the simplistic gospel uh, of Jesus Christ, they they don't know anything about it, and they don't know anything about what goes along uh, with any form of Christian living. They don't know about prayer. Uh, they they don't know um, they they don't know any of the foundations of it whatsoever. And, and, it, and it's not that they don't want to know. And it doesn't surprise me because we live in a country that literally, when you do a man on the street interview, thinks that we fought the Revolutionary War with Germany. Right. I mean, Jay Leno was great at t- <laughs> teaching us uh, for generations that the um, you know the man on the street interview is scary. Yeah. Uh, and it really is, uh, as far as you know, the answers that you get. So, and the reason I say that is because the majority of the people that grew up in the Bible Belt has heard prayer. In their school. Now, maybe not in this generation right now, but I know even growing up in in, in Central Kentucky, there was prayer right. uh, for school. There was there was prayer at ball games. We we I used to call games for a school in in the Northwest Tennessee that there was a prayer before every football game. Right, and and this has been in the last fifteen years. So. It's not that people haven't heard prayer. I think people just don't. I th- I honestly think people don't care to listen. They don't care to understand. They don't care to engage. Well, I'm not saying, I'm not, that and that's not I all agree. people. That's not, not all people. I'm not saying that they're not putting forth the effort either. Um, but I have to. I'm always the internal guy uh, on these discussions. I mean, are we putting forth the effort? Is the question at at no time? That's a good question. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm the internal person because. I sat in a pew for so many years and literally just sat there and, and thought everything was fine. So I'm always the first guy to look inside at, at where we're falling short as a church um, before I go to the outside aspects of they need to put forth a little effort too. Um, but are we putting forth the effort is always my first question. And, and the reason I, I, I come from a different perspective because I was an atheist. Right. And, and I saw... Christianity everywhere. Right. Um, now, granted, my atheism was in the late 80s, early 90s. I mean, that's that's a generation or two away from some of these kids. Right. And yeah. and so at least. it's changed a lot since then, and I admit that. Right. Um, and perhaps, perhaps we don't. Um, one of the things that we talked about with, with the anti-church mentality is, is that why would I ever pursue them? They're anti-church, right? You know, they've made up their mind, this, that, or the other, and and so we 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 struggle with this. Where do we reach out? Where do we not reach out? 
when the answer is always reach out. <laughs> That's it. That's the truth of it. And it's that it's the we take for granted that everyone has a home church. We take for granted that no one really wants to be invited to come to church. I, I shouldn't just ask somebody in the grocery store if they have a church. They might get offended. Uh, I mean, or we think to ourselves that, um, well, I'm not going to ask them to go to church because they go to church. We're in the Bible Belt. Of course they go to church. They have a church. We, we have a lot of misconceptions. Well, uh, a lot well, of people don't, and a lot of people don't mind being asked. Well, true. And and, and some people have never been asked right? Uh, because of those mentalities that you right. that you mentioned earlier. It, what's and, interesting is the statistics say that particularly for the county in which we, we or I serve, you actually serve the next county over, then numbers are just a little bit different. And granted, I did this, this study about five years ago that if every single person in this county went to church, every church would have an attendance of 178 people. Right. In the county you're in, I think that number is 210, 211, something like that. And so, and the reason I know your county is, is for those listening, I used to serve in the county he right. was in, or he's in, and I'm now in the county he came from. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you came it. from this county. Yeah, you're right. So, it, it's it's something that I find that's very interesting is, that people go, well, you know, everybody I know goes to church. Well, obviously you need to find some people you don't know because it's 74% of this county, and this is pretty much almost 80% in in the U.S. It's pretty na- it's national standard. Do not attend church on a standard regular basis. Now, they have a regular basis of I may attend once a month on a regular basis. Right. So, so that alone throws out the entire argument of everyone. I well, I'm friends with, and I and I speak from experience because I use that excuse many times. Is well, I don't hang out with people who don't go to church, and, and that's not true. Um, so there, there's not a a regular um, attendance of people uh, or enough that. You can say that in, in anywhere in the nation. So we need to focus more on out, outreach to that. And um, and I'm not knocking those who um, don't want to invite somebody to church that they don't know standing in the grocery store. I'm not saying that. Uh, I'm just saying that our perception of everyone we see goes to church somewhere and they don't want to be invited. We're wrong on that. There, there are, and there's some that don't want to be, but there, there are people who would not mind being invited to church. Yeah. And I'm going to go on. Um, and I, and when I say political, I don't mean we're going to go Democrat Republican. What I'm going to say is I read another article that was talking about why people are not, are falling out of the church or why they are falling out of the church. And it used to be, the 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 prevalent winds said that if you weren't uh, conservative and strict, that they wouldn't um, that they wouldn't want to stay, and so you found that some progressive churches were losing people. Well, now there's a swing the other way that now the conservative churches are losing people, but the progressive churches aren't picking up people either, and and so so your argument of whether or not you're you where you are on the political spectrum of theology is not the argument either it's not whether you're conservative or progressive it's not whether you're strict or loose so it's got to be something else that's that's bringing or that's either causing people to leave or it's causing people to stay out 
Well, and I'll say this, going back to the original question uh, or the original statement that brought it up about um, the countries or the areas with shorter lifespan and and this and that, uh, having more people going to church. I mean, really, is there any time in the history of the church in 2,000 years where we had more coming into the church than when we were heavily persecuted? So your your question is, since we're not persecuted, we're having, your statement is, since we're not persecuted, we're having less come in, is that what you're saying? I mean, or at least in the areas. It's a, you it's see a, more church yeah. growth in an area where Christianity is persecuted, persecuted than you do where it's not. Well, and, and, and you can look and at, like, all the, the way back to Acts. Can you not find that? I mean, all the way back to the when the church started uh, 2,000 years ago, that's when you're going to find the, the most in-growth. Uh, or you know right. numbers as far as the church growth that that's going to be the biggest influx of church growth would have been um, during times of persecution. During times of persecution, and what you could all, all definitely say in that time period of time periods of which, or even geographic areas in which persecution is occurring, those that are in the church are definitely those who believe. Right. Um, you can look at the, some of the fastest growing areas of Christianity. And in particular, in our denomination of Methodism, is in Africa and South America, right? And both have difficulties in in economics. Yeah. Um, both are having some difficulties in persecution, as far as um, whether it's it's other other faith or um, a secular issue, like where the government says no, you know, this right. is ridiculous. And and so you find that those are the two fastest growing areas of Christianity and, and Christendom today that might provide a little bit of legitimacy to your discussion there. I, I wouldn't be able to say yes or no because I've never looked at all the numbers throughout history, and I, 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 yeah. it would be an interesting conversation to have uh, to engage those numbers. But but one could argue that, that, that true faith grows in the face of controversy. Right. And and something I've always said, your character is never built in the times of joy. Right. Your character is always built in your times of trial. So that would even go along with what you're saying as well. Yeah, and, and we find more and more of that. The it, it does go back to the culture, and it goes back to the generations. And it's quite possible that we have a generation now who can, more so than ever, separate god out of certain things um it's a it's a generation of christianity that can go um you know i i've got god for sunday mornings and wednesday nights but as far as the four bedroom two bath and the pool house i've got that was mine that was all me i worked (laughs) you know i work (laughs) well i work 60 hours a week to pay for that god doesn't have anything to do with this house that i have and so we've departmentalized God and don't give the credit rendered to all be his that that we have. And so therefore, you know, we're, we don't see the need in regular Sunday attendance or, you know, things like that. Because we, we I'm not saying that because we're not persecuted, but because 
we, we just feel like there's some stuff that we do and we need God for some stuff and we don't need him for everything. And, and that's a generational thing. Well, and I think that um, what you what you find is there's two things I was going to talk about on that is that uh, in Western culture, you have a phrase that you really don't find in other cultures. And that is a self-made man or self-made woman. Right. The other is I was talking with somebody about the, the data that, that we've been talking about tonight. And, uh, and he says, do you, he said to me this, he says, do you think that along with prosperity, that the more prosperous we are, the more God has to vie for time? Oh, no doubt. And so, so in other words, say the less prosperous you are, the less divided your time is between God and anything else. Because we have everything in this, particularly in the Western culture, particularly in the United States, where even though we may be arguing whether we're a prosperous, na- prosperous nation or not, we have so much wealth, even in our poorest people, right. that you have so much vying for your time. And even so much now that the schools are vying for time with God. Right. When I grew up and I played football and I was on the dive team and I played other sports, a coach never thought about having Wednesday night practice. Right. That was church night. Whether you went to church or not, you were given the opportunity to go. Yeah. I mean, it, I to be honest, my family didn't. You know, but I can tell you I was at the dinner table every night at 530. Right. You know, and, and so um, it, it's something that, that I find that's interesting is the, the more prosperous we have, the more we, we seem to find ways to distract ourselves from God. And and maybe that's that's part of what Desmond Tutu was saying when he came over to the United States for the first time. He looked around and he said, it must really be difficult to be a Christian here. Right. Because he was looking at all the prosperity. Yeah. And even if he landed in the poorest of our sections, it still doesn't look like the poor sections of Africa or South America or any other country out there. When you have houses on top of houses on top of houses and shacks and, and you know, you go down into Brazil and, and it's literally 10 roofed buildings on top of 10 roofed right. buildings. Yeah. You know, we don't know that kind of poverty. Right. Thanks be to God. Yeah. But at the same time, our prosperity has driven us away from God. Yeah. And and so it's a terrible catch twenty two, and it is. And and so the question, I guess, begs to be answered: is is how do we how do we keep God? And I don't mean to say relevant, because God is always relevant. But in the minds of a prosperous people, how do we keep God relevant? That's a good question. And and that's something that that I think we we will we will definitely need to work on. We need to uh, make sure that that Brad is here to further that discussion. Oh, yeah. But also, what we would like to have is we'd like to have your feedback as well. Um, you can always contact us at, at info at jtfaith dot com. Yep. Uh, send us an email, uh, like or make a comment on your your podcast that where you're downloading this, whether it's iTunes, SoundCloud, Blueberry. Uh, Stitcher, wherever you're, wherever you're finding us, um, make a comment, share, like, um, download and post it somewhere else that you, you think somebody else would, would like to hear it. Check out our website, jtfaith.com. Absolutely. But um, we'd love to hear your feedback on, on any of the topics in which we discuss. So um, for that, Tyler, why don't you take us out? I'm Tyler. And I'm John. And God bless. Thank you for listening to JT Faith Radio. Come visit us at jtfaith.com